Hello, wonderful listener. Welcome to a special episode of the Radical Audacity Podcast. I am Tiffany Kane, your host. And I have a special episode for you today that is taken from my summit, the Raise Your Volume Summit, that I hosted and coordinated just a few weeks ago. And through the course of November, I'm going to be sharing little clips from the speakers, about 10-minute clips of their talks. Now, they had 50 minutes to address the audience, so you're getting just a small piece of the talk. These were over Zoom, so the audio quality oftentimes is a smidge iffy, but the information is amazing. And so I really hope you enjoy today's little clip from the Raise Your Volume Summit. You're going to be hearing from Dr. Candice Norcutt. She is a licensed clinical psychologist, a national consultant, and a public speaker. Yes, she works at, she did her postdoctoral work at the Yale University's Department of Psychiatry, and she's currently the assistant professor and clinical director of the OBGYN mental health program at the University of Chicago. She also speaks internationally on issues relating to trauma, gender, and race. She was featured on the Lifetime docuseries, Surviving R. Kelly, and is a very special recurring guest on Jada Pinkett Smith's Red Table Talks as an expert discussing the impact of sexual abuse on girls and young women, as well as the intersection of race. You will hear her work on trauma come through as she discusses the topic of imposter syndrome. Now, the title of her talk was Wanting to Grow and Afraid to Reach. She approaches imposter syndrome a little bit differently. Enjoy this clip. I can't wait to talk to you about it after. the state of the world, this is not a small thing, right? To, to come out into the public realm and to say, there's something that I want to say. There is something that I want to say that I want other people to hear. That is no small thing. Okay. You know, wars going on, the pandemic and politics. So, you know, right. Aren't you glad that I cued you to your safety plan? I'm like coming in hot talking about war and politics, but, but, you know, with everything that's happening, right. To say that I want to invest in the world is such an empower is such a powerful um, statement and gesture, and with that though you might be thinking you know how can I be heard among the noise over the noise you might be asking yourself does what I even have to say matter or interest anyone, and you know these thoughts might have you lingering in bed a bit longer on days that you're meant to work on some of these projects. You might be like me and you have a nine to five and then some of your more creative tasks get left to the weekends. And then the weekends come and you're like, how can I even have the expectation that I was supposed to do anything this weekend? I'm exhausted. Or you kind of get busied with the task of your to-do list, right? Because those feel good. You can check them off. The creative tasks feel more vulnerable and bigger, right? And so for many of us, we have the fire, we have the dream, and the plan and, and the support, and then we can get right to it. But for many of us too, we have all that and still find ourselves after some time having passed, wondering why we can't get that momentum, 
why we can't get started on our dreams, right? And so that's kind of what I want to talk about, that idea, that desire to grow, but that feeling of why can't I get going? Why can't we get going? And so many of us find that we chart our course, as we chart our course, that we spend time trying to minimize our risk of failure or embarrassment, right? So we're both uh, wanting to do it, but then we're thinking, well, I want to do it, but I don't want to fail, right? And so we become like risk averse. And some of us find that we engage in maybe self-sabotaging behavior. I don't know if anybody has examples of this or has seen this happen. I know um, there was somebody that I knew that really wanted to get into acting. And every time she had an important audition, she would go drinking the night before, right? And so then she would wake up and she wouldn't be her best self. So the desire was there, but something about, you know, there was some kind of thing that just came, kept coming up and she would kind of sabotage herself as she, as she had made efforts to going towards this thing, right? Um, and then others have serious doubts about our abilities or our right to show up in spaces that keeps us asking for more or even sharing our contributions. Do any of these that are, and these are not exhaustive, right? But these are, I think, are some big things that often come up and that get a lot of, um, uh, get a lot of airtime when we're talking, right? Imposter syndrome, you know, there's been a lot of talk around, around that in popular media. Do any of these sound familiar to you or have you seen them in your creative circles? And, you know, and, I, and I'm, so I'm kind of curious. I've, I see the nods. I see the comments in the chat. What are some things that you either see in yourselves or that you see in others as you pursue your more creative tasks or your dream projects? What are some of those examples uh, that have come up for you? The imposter syndrome speaks to you, Cynthia. Self-doubt, mm -hmm. procrastination. I wouldn't know anything about that. Self-sabotage, limiting beliefs, yeah. Doing too much the day before the event. I spend so much time looking for the perfect app for my to-do list that by the time I get my to-do list written, there's no time to do it, right? Not getting enough sleep, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for these examples procrastination for sure. Thank you. So, you know, I want to, I want to kind of uh, introduce this idea and I, and I didn't coin this, right. I didn't coin this framing, but I really like it. And so I want to share it with you and you might've heard it as well. And it's this idea that these issues that we're talking about, right. Standing in our, my own way, procrastinate, like these imposter syndrome, these issues that we're talking about are branch problems, right. And so if left to popular thought, right, we're to believe that imposter syndrome, low self-worth, um, self-sabotage are like me problems, right? Problems due to personal deficits. There's something wrong with me that these things are happening. I must not want it bad enough, right? But what I really believe and what I want to suggest to you is that a much more helpful framing is that they are in fact branches from an unhealthy or rotting tree that we're collectively responsible for, okay? A tree with its roots in trauma, racism, misogyny, and classism, to name a few. And, and it's really when we acknowledge this, we're able to nourish the roots and grow new branches, okay? So we're responsible for the growing branches, but we also have to pay attention to what we're trying to root our creativity and our tree in. Now, forgive me for this metaphor. It's going to get loose at times. And even my plants at home are like rolling over in their pots that I even have the gall to be using a plant metaphor considering the state that they're in. But I'm going to go for it. I'm going to continue on through the hour um, and don't tell my fiddly fig. Okay. 
So continuing on with this metaphor, right, with this idea, um, understanding what we're trying to root our creativity and dreams in does not mean that we acquiesce our power or our autonomy, but it means that we challenge the narrative that there is something inherent in us that is flawed, right, that doesn't want to win, that isn't cut out for this, that our roots are fundamentally rotten, okay? Instead, we're able to see that we are individuals within a system that values labor more than our spirit or creativity until it's forced to, right? So that's pretty toxic soil. And attempting to grow without tending to the soil isn't going to work, right? We're going to continue to meet up against these things. So when the world seems full of stress, it makes sense to understand how it impacts us, right? And much of my work is in trauma and stress. And so while this isn't an academic talk about trauma, I do want to share how stress can affect us. So, and, and it's important to note that while all trauma is stressful, not all stress is trauma, um, but some of the ways that it impacts us overlaps, right? And so while it can impact us in different ways, it does impact the whole of us, right? It impacts how we see the world. It impacts uh, how we see ourselves, how we attach and connect to others. Do you ever notice how you feel when you're feeling overwhelmed or really stressed, you both feel like you can't stand being around people and you feel utterly alone, right? It just kind of locks us in, right? Um, and it even affects the structure of the brain, behavior, and emotions. And with so much violence in the world, why do we even try, right? Right. Okay, so that's my talk. Bye. I'm done. No, right. Just kidding. But, but, it, but again, it's important to understand that these things are affecting us, right? It's not a me problem. It's an environment. There's somebody... Um, Somebody that does a lot of work in trauma, uh, he talks about, um, you know, instead of PTSD, he calls it like PTSE, which is per persistent toxic environment stress, persistent toxic stress environment, right? This idea that, you know, what's making us sick is environmental. And so it's community that can help us heal, right? We don't do this alone. And so our society, when we think about soil, like returning to that metaphor, right, our society has pretty toxic soil. It's kind of built on toxic ground in a lot of ways. People in this country come from stories of trauma, immigration, displacement, genocide. And this, um, a psychologist, Dr. Maria Yellowhorse Braveheart, talks and was the first to kind of coin this idea of historical trauma. And what she does is she describes the cumulative and physical and psychological wounding that occurs over a lifespan and across generations. And she coined this term for her community as a way to understand why more Native Americans weren't fulfilling what, you know, she put in quotes as like the American dream, right? That weren't um, thriving uh, as she looked at her community. And so she did a lot of great seminal work on historical trauma. Um, and she even created an intervention for historical trauma and unresolved grief for her tribal community. And so it's this idea that we have, you know, we are creating, but we're creating in the context of this world that has a lot of toxicity that we need to pay attention to when we think about what we're adding to and how we're showing up. And so uh, um, some work that extended Dr. Braveheart's work was this idea of a soul wound, right? And so if we have these historical traumas that are passed down through generations, this idea of the soul wound, which is um, harm that's done in the first generation that's passed down um, in utero, right? We know a lot about now how stress is passed down. And also through like teaching from our parents, right? Messages that we received 
maladaptive parenting, the experience of the child having um, experiencing traumas through the parent through the parent stories. And so we just start to see like we are we are results of the of the messages that we receive, right? The ways that we're parented. And so there's a constellation of symptoms when we think about historical trauma, right? Somatic symptoms, right? Like the ways that stress and trauma show up in our bodies, stomach aches, headaches, fibroids, um, low self-esteem, having a victim identity. And so as you look at this list and then you think on, yeah, thank you, Celestina. Yeah. So when you look at this list and you think about what comes up for you when you're struggling to access your creativity, you know, I've set a whole morning aside, but I'm not feeling it, right? It's important to understand what are some of the things that are at play as you try to, you know, um, engage these creative and, and, um, and, and really spiritual parts of yourself that you're hoping to share, right? And, it, you know, you can feel disconnected, right? But it's important to understand where some of these things may be coming from. And so for some people, it's coming from this place, right? It's coming from these soul wounds. Dr. Norcutt's take on imposter syndrome is so refreshing. I love how she talks about soul wounds and that we are branches from a rotten tree in soil filled with trauma. It explains so much of why so often we have a hard time acting on the creativity that is inside us. I love how instead of blaming me blaming you. She says it is as a collective society, the things, the soul wounds that we are given generationally and throughout from history, from our parents' stories. Such a beautiful, refreshing concept. The rest of her talk is just as powerful and impactful. I would love to be able to share this information with you for you to be able to hear her whole talk. I have a link in my show notes for you to be able to purchase tickets to the summit if you would like a replay. And I am also putting on a workshop so that we can continue the work from the Raise Your Volume Summit. So if you want to hear the replay, of her talk, and you want to continue the work, well, then come join the workshop. It is going to be amazing. I'd love to continue this work with you. Remember to raise the volume of your voice. I'm listening.